Hello and welcome. I'm Jillian Raymond, the co-creator of Juicy Bits and a Coalition Snow ambassador. And I'm Jen Garecki, your co-host and the CEO of Coalition Snow. For those of you who are with us in season two, we are glad you're back. For those of you who are new, get ready to laugh, cry, and maybe pee your pants a little. Juicy Bits is about taking the conversations that we start on the chairlift and at the trailhead and bringing them to you to explore alternative narratives that challenge the status quo about what it means to be a modern woman in the outdoors. Grab your helmet because sometimes it's a bumpy ride. FYI, friends, this podcast is for mature audiences, so you've been warned. Let's get to work and juice the patriarchy. Holy shit, Jillian, you have no fucking idea what I've been doing all day. I just want you, like, what do you think I spent four and a half hours doing today? Well, I know what you didn't spend four and a half hours today doing. So what do I think you spent it doing? Um, you probably were not color coding the sweaters in your closet. Nope. Um, let's see. You were not taming any like wild beasts. Well, that might actually be the metaphor. I bet you were taming a wild beast. Or maybe you were. Are we talking about the amount of hair that's all over my body? Because that, that might oh be the wild God. beast. That means, but no, no, there was, I mean, <laughs> metaphorically, perhaps I was taming a wild beast, but <clears throat> maybe, yes. Um, I mean, I guess I could get one more. Were you trying to like uncover like an old file from a hard drive that's not compatible with your computer anymore? It was not that, but I'm going to give you fucking points for like honing in on the computer. I spent four and a half hours hitting refresh on a small business funding grant for $5,000 that came out today at noon. And um, I don't know why they didn't think it was from the US Chamber of Commerce. It was heavily advertised. Of course, a bazillion people were going to be applying for this. So I literally had multiple windows open on my computer and my phone, and I was just hitting refresh. And it was like, um, by the time I like, they like had to shut it down and they got it back up. And then, and then like I applied, then like I got on, but like even to get the application to work, it was like, it reminded me of back in the time when you would like plug in your phone jack into your computer for like noise. And then it would take 20 years for anything to load. Yeah. And then it finally stopped glitching out and I was able to hit submit. and. Who knows where we're at in the application or if we'll get the 5000 or if it'll be another shit show like all the other funding that's coming out. But that is what I did for four and a half fucking hours today, which means I got nothing else of um, importance done for work because I just hit the fucking refresh button for four and a half hours. And now I'm taking the box of wine that I have and just like pouring it down my throat. I'm just yeah. like tap open box of wine down the throat. You should get a, you need a straw. 
you know, penis straw for that wine. I do need a penis straw um, for that wine. I mean, you know what's satisfying about the refresh button though is like you still <laughs> like you kind of I, I I can picture you doing that. And I'm like, I'm like cheer, I'm like I'm stressed out. I started sweating when you told me that, but I can picture you doing it and I'm like on your side. I'm like, no, 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 just keep hitting it. Just keep hitting. And then you're yeah. staring. And it's like that mm-hmm. second refresh, you almost get to feel like a new person again. And then it like, you know, dagger to the heart and the head. And then, ref- I mean, fuck refresh. Fuck refresh. I mean, fuck the home Jill, button. They're all, they're bad. Hundreds, it's all bad. Hundreds of refresh. Like, hundreds of times. Just re- like, Is the button out, worn page, in? Like, oh, yeah. It's like, it's, unbe- it's totally unbelievable. I, I can't even, I've never had a computer situation like this. And I was just like, I don't give to, like, I'm going to, I want this fucking money. We did, we're getting hosed on everything else. And I was like, I'm going to, you know what? I'm just going to fucking win this. I need to just stay on this and keep going. And, um, but this is sort of like how life has been for us over at coalition for the past four weeks, just one day after another of fucking shit show fires to put out and figuring out how to navigate the world. So you know, <clears throat> the new normal. Yeah, it's not like we can even say same, same anymore because it's not even, no, no. it's like insane, insane. Um, yeah. It is 420, so like insane to the membrane, right? <laughs> yeah, oh, I'm, I'm going to definitely be smoking so much weed tonight. I just couldn't, like, I couldn't do it for this call and I have like a little bit more work to do. Um, and But like, I'm well aware of the date and also I'm going to get, <laughs> super blitz tonight and I will say that has been and now I know that this isn't like some people aren't gonna like to hear this because I know that there's a lot of people who struggle with addiction and uh, I want to recognize that and recognize that that's like a real issue um, also like there's people who just in general aren't fans of self-medicating mm. but I have to tell you like the one of the only things that like has gotten me through this it's just smoking a ton of weed every night to go to sleep. Like, I'm just like, go like, and I've never smoked this much in my entire life, but it's like the only thing that like allows me to end the day and go to sleep. Yeah. I mean, you strike me as the type, like if I were to be in your house and we were like in your freezer, you'd be like, here's like a joint I've had for 15 years that somebody gave me like, yeah. Um, so 100%. it does surprise me, but I, you know, zero judgment for me and my caveat's going to be relatively similar, but mine has been um, really delicious beer into bottles of wine into the bottle of bullet in the freezer. And part of it is like, yeah, I need the numbing. I need a bit of the numbing to, yeah. to slow down the places that my brain is going that are not all very healthy and not all very productive. And some mm-hmm. of them, there are, um, again, there's way greater challenges and struggles um, in this time period that others yeah. are experiencing. But I kind of had a moment the other day. I've been trying to, like, reach out and not in a, like, reach out, like, dear so-and-so, but, like, reach out and, like, listen, whether podcasts, certain books I'm reading, certain articles, and kind of trying to hone in on things that are, like, speaking as best as they can to what I feel like I'm going through. Because I think even in recognizing I have some great comforts right now and I feel pretty privileged, so that's also part of like the caveat, is 
it's still okay to be like incredibly nervous and unsettled and kind of anxious and pretty frustrated because these challenges, they're so day to day and they're so different. And you feel like you figure one thing out in terms of say, navigating teaching from home and serving 140 students and students who live in poverty and checking off like socio-emotional help and feeling good on that. And then one thing can come through and it's like a bit of a train wreck. And then what that looks like to go back to the board. And so I just think some of it comes, it reminds me when I was living with my brother and my mother was on hospice and mm-hmm. I'll share this little like brief story. My brother, sister-in-law and myself, we all went to his appointment and they were like, what are you all doing here? And we're like, we're all experiencing the same thing. And I'd never had any struggles with like anxiety before. And that's mm-hmm. when they pinpointed, they were like, you're living with someone who's dying of cancer and you don't know at any moment that you could go into the room and they could have passed. Like that creates right. an anxious environment. There's three young children in the house and everybody's just trying to do the best they can. And so some of those, like kind of that train wrecks, I feel like what you shared with like the, the refresh and the work with coalition, they're all, I think, just pieces of this collective turmoil. Um, and to me, the anxiety inducing piece, I do, I need to shut it off numb it a bit so I can kind of wake up and have the energy to try the next day. I think that's the best way I can put it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I've accidentally gotten drunk on the couch multiple times, but that's an accident. It's just because I'm like, you know, watch like kind of binging on something on Netflix. um, And then like, I'm just drinking wine and I'm not even meaning to do anything. And I'm just like sitting there by myself. And then I stand up and I'm like, Mm. Um, I'm not even trying to get drunk at all. But um at like one bit at all but the other like the other thing that's been so crazy about all this and also like I just want to reiterate what you said of like putting it in perspective in terms of like what we're going through versus like what frontline healthcare workers are going through or people who've been sick or lost family or like people who've been completely laid off and don't have a safety net like our experience is so much more privileged um Although I'll tell you, I do have probably a daily cry for the collective suffering in this world. I find it to be incredibly overwhelming um, and just makes me sick to my stomach of the way we treat people. But I digress. Um, I cannot perform anymore. Like, I'm like the master of just like pulling off 12 hour days, like Mm. day after day after day and like pushing and like I'm good at it and I don't even mind it. I cannot do that. Like I'll like today will end up being probably like an eight or nine hour day. And there's, I'm not like, because I just hit fucking refresh for four and a half hours. There's all these things I didn't get to. I don't have it in me to like keep going. And that's been this like really weird thing for me is to recognize how I've been able to push so hard because I've had like, some normalcy and some like, like things are just okay. Right. Like all the basic things are taken care of. So I'm able to do the things that I need to do and to be in a situation where I don't know if I'm going to have my company, my team in Kenya with my other business is literally afraid of dying. So like having those conversations and then like thinking about managing that business too. um, And just like what is actually going to happen in Kenya is like devastating. And then, um, you know, like I said, like watching the news, understanding what's happening to um, like people of color and impoverished people, just what's ha- like, I cannot, I like don't, and just, can I pay my own rent? I don't know. Can I do that? Uh, like just um, can't perform. 
it's really like really can't get shit done the way I, I like we're like late on everything right now. So it's almost like a paralysis at a certain point, which is interesting. I'm looking 100%. at the time of when we normally will get together to do this and it's hours earlier. And I think it was related to you being like, you're done at a certain point. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I was like, I can't. So a lot, just so our listeners know, like a lot of times Jillian and I record in the evening because that's when she puts Micah down for bed. And so she can um, record then, but like at eight o'clock, I'm like, and I, I had to say to you the other day, I was like, I can't do anything at eight o'clock. Cannot forget it. <laughs> like it has to be like sort of during like typical working hours because like I'm just a mess, just burnt out by the end of the day. Well, I feel like what you're speaking to goes to, this is super simple psychology and some of our listeners may or may not be familiar with it. I w was more familiar with this from the lens of an educator, but I think about Maslow's hierarchy of needs, right? Mm -hmm. And right now that, that bottom base of needs of air, water, food, shelter, sleep, clothing, things like that. For the for some of us, that's still being met. For others, that basic foundation is shattered, right? Because there's, yeah. you just brought it up, question about paying rent. Um, we have some great community organizations where I teach in South Lake Tahoe that are already stepping in to cover families' rents for April and for May, but there's a lot of uncertainty moving forward in terms of shelter, right? In terms yeah. of food supply, um, you know, I joked uh, about a month ago, I'm a big half and half drinker and I kind of bought these Kemi mini moose off Amazon. It was my first quarantine purchase, kind of like as a joke. And then I was like, kind of crazy. could come, uh, I had to use them this morning because I'm Brennan, I'm only allowed half and half in my first cup of coffee. And since I'm drinking like four of them a day sometimes, um, because I don't know what day it is anymore. And I'm like, oh, wait, can I, is it time to drink? I'm like, no, it's still coffee time. That's kind of how I'm like separating part of the time for me. But I think those needs not being met and then the safety needs that us like not even being able to be in that second tier of, of a hierarchy of need, I feel like contributes to a collective turmoil. I had a kid email me. Okay. You know, I'm a teacher. I think I've mentioned that before on this, but just for some context, a kid I haven't heard from in like three or four weeks. And I've been trying to be really kind with this transition and not overwhelming families and overwhelming students. My district's been really supportive or making sure the kids get what they need. And they send me this thoughtful email and they're like, Miss Raymond, I'm, I'm sorry. I just felt really stressed by this whole situation. And I read mm. my initial thing back to the moment, they asked for an extension, right? And an assignment. And I was like, you have every right to feel stressed. Like even just for this the yeah. young person to kind of name it and understand that they're like, this transition has been hard. And I think it's, you know, there's some people have gone on the offensive with and making really, making it really humorous. And I think we all need a little taste of that. I've kind of tapped in, I've gotten, whether it's like the silly memes or the funny videos and just kind of let myself have that bit of laughter. And then also just really realizing that denying that it's stressful is like a, that's, I think that moves us into a little bit of a problem. But the other thing you mentioned yeah. that I actually want to touch on was like two pieces, kind of this language around this new normal, but then also the, um, the idea of like some of the things you and I are experiencing come more from a place of privilege. And I listened to a brief interview this week from Arundhati Roy and, um, her, her title was pandemic as a portal. And it was really interesting. And it, it, if you haven't listened to it yet, Jen, I'm going to send you this. And I kind of encourage our listeners to as well. It's from April 16th. But 
she's talking about pandemics being a portal and us imagining this other world and fighting for it. At the same time, you know, the con- the subcontinent she's on, it's like this idea of social distancing is totally a privilege, right? You can't look at some of the the longstanding historic class divisions and 1.3 billion people on a lockdown and able to separate in a way that we might be able to in in more of the the global north, right? But this well, idea, right? Of- because if you like like even in Kenya, right? Like where my other business is, like one of the largest slums in Africa is in Nairobi. Like lockdown, that doesn't work. In like like you, <laughs> there is no space for people to like. Like that, you can't do that. And then also, with like eighty percent of the workforce is in informal sector, like they have to go out. Like it's just, it's like there. We're not even report. Like you don't even hear a lot of reporting about what's happening outside of the Western world. And a lot of the approaches that we've been taking in the Western world don't even apply to parts of the world that have like these huge population centers, and it won't work. Anyways. Go ahead. No, I think it's really important to recognize, though, because even in some of our, you know, mm-hmm. it's like the core and periphery in any nation where just c- certain things that are prescribed right now. I mean, even listening to it this morning when it was like, you know, wash your hands, practice social distancing, stay at home. I'm like, there's so many complexities to people's lives that that recipe, it's just we can't oversimplify it. But Who has water? Trying, you know, right? like yeah. water. Like, do you have water? Do you um, have consistent soap? Like, hot water you, with soap? Exactly. Yeah. Like ways you, to clean like, things. Like, do you even like? Yeah. I mean, it's it's pretty. Um, I mean, and it like there's a. I fully support our government. Um, I will say, like our local and state governments um, in the United States who are acting um, with caution and asking all of us to stay at home. And I, I wish we had a federal response to this because Donald mm-hmm. Trump is a total fucking piece of shit. So, um, I totally support that. I just, um, you know, I just think, you know, like you said, it's important to recognize how this is happening all over the world. And it doesn't like these, even the prescription to stay safe isn't safe. And even like in, you know, domestic violence is up, you know, so there's like staying safe is relative, right? Relative and so complex. Yeah. Um, which I think is why aside from like my evening, um, you know, it's, it's usually like an IPA into wine, into whiskey. Aside from that, I have tried to kind of tap into whether they're academics or environmentalists or reporters or people that are kind of taking their spin on this and putting it out there in a way that feels a bit relatable and also lowers my anxiety threshold. And so this first one talking just in terms of it as this, this way to imagine another world. And I think with as you mentioned, like we can't lose sight of people losing their lives and people being sick and everyone on the front lines. But I think conceptually, it's like if we can come out of something like this, not with the quote unquote normal, but a new way of moving forward. And I've had threads of this in terms of like thinking about environmental activism and education. And I'll just give like two examples. One related to the air quality improving and people doing things that they didn't think they could do, quote unquote, right? Like you couldn't not um, commute. You had to go into the office or you couldn't, you had to travel. You had like any of the had to fill in the blanks in something like this, all of a sudden there's just no question. And so those systems and those industries I think are being impacted and they're being shaken up. And so instead of it like you know, if we have sort of, a, a, say, a 14-day lessening of, uh, or 14-day of no cases, no deaths, and we're in this, like, you know, kind of brighter place, 
we don't want it to just return back to usual, usual of the like pump out all the fast fashion and, and keep on the meat and the dairy and all the things that are so, so resource intensive on the earth when we've been given this window to see how it could be done differently. And I think the same piece for me in education, you know, there's all these, we have to, like, we have to have standardized tests. We have to have these college entrance exams. We have to have this eight hour school day. And we're seeing a lot of students and families and communities thrive in this adjusted way of looking at learning. And we're also seeing institutions being like, all right, we're going to suspend these standardized tests. We're going to suspend these requirements. And as an educator, you look at it and you're like, prior to this, we said we couldn't do those things. And now that we're doing them, look, we're just we're doing, doing them. them. And it's right. just, this, it's just like this way of looking. And I think it just helps us reconceptualize. So without getting kind other of too things, heady and abstract, I think it's a valuable way to know, look at it. Well, other things that we're doing. So basic minimum income, mm-hmm. although $1,200 ain't fucking shit. I mean, I'll take the money because it's our money because we paid it in taxes, but um but like basic minimum in income, the other thing, uh, universal health care. I don't know. Mm. Can we all agree that our neighbors being healthy is good for us too? Um, I think that that's like all of these inequities and injustices that, you know, that take place in the United States and, you know, outside of the borders here, like we've all known that those exist and what, COVID-19 has done is really brought it to the service surface where it's being discussed on mainstream news. Well, probably not Fox news, but other like legitimate news sources um, are discussing this daily. And I don't think anyone should be surprised by any of it, but we, we certainly should be demanding pretty significant changes at the federal and state level for how we actually take care of people um, and how we value the lives of humans. And, um, you know, even with the number of people of color who, you know, African-Americans are dying at a higher rate than white Americans. And that is a system that's, you know, that's part of um, systemic r- racism um, and access to like healthy food and healthcare, care. And, um, you know, even people who live in these um retirement and care facilities they're the number one people who are going to die like when are we going to value people who aren't in their prime right so there's like all of these things that have been there lurking and people have been experiencing and living it for so long and now everybody gets to see it and so what are we going to do like are we just gonna like hope that we get like we get to leave our homes again and it's just back to the way it was I kind of say fuck that let's do something totally different. Like, let's just move forward in a whole new way that doesn't even look like the past. Cause the past, like a month ago, didn't serve a lot of people either. <laughs> like, and, and we're seeing how most people have been hanging on by a thread. The reason why so many people are filing unemployment, the reason why so many small businesses might close. The reason why is because most people have been living without any safety net and have been hanging on by a fucking thread um, and we just spend way too much fucking time on Instagram thinking everybody's lives are so good. Well, it's funny. I was going to say, speaking of Instagram, um, <laughs> I, 
you know, Jen, I couldn't agree more. The piece I didn't think of, which I've heard quite a bit of that you just brought up and touched on has so much to do with elderly care facilities, right? And how we as yeah. a nation treat people who come to that stage of their life and what that means for families and what it what it means for communities and systems where those humans are not, they're not, they're kind of, I don't want, I mean, I want to say that sometimes they're given up on, right, for a variety of reasons, and sometimes they're not given the care that they need. And then the people who are taking care of them, like their value and their worth, too. So I, I do hope that there is this a way to imagine something different, not have it look the same as it did, because there was a great, it was like, remember during this time, we didn't need professional athletes, reality TV shows, online you know, shopping carts that were full. It was like we needed teachers and doctors and workers and farms and foods and just the pieces that actually sustain life and going back to those things we actually yeah. need versus want. Yeah. And you need like, I mean, essential workers, the majority of essential workers are women. Mm -hmm. Like that data is coming out like you need, and also essential workers, like people to stock grocery store shelves, people to pick your fucking food. Like, mm -hmm. The people, it's it's incredible that um, essential workers now have been cast aside as like it, inconsequential to society a, a month ago, and now they're mo like the most important people. But they've been that important all the time because it's like our food systems, yes. and it's our education, and it's our healthcare. I mean, really, and we've known this, but like our values in this country are really off. Um, and we just, I mean, we have so much work to do. And I mean, this is real, like, like I said, like, I like kind of freak the fuck out on a daily basis of like, oh, what in the fuck are we going to do? Because we lost so much, like coalition lost so much through all of this. But then I just, I know that like, no matter what, like, I'll be okay. And I'll be able to do something else eventually. Like, mm -hmm. I know that, you know, and then that makes me think about how fucking privileged I am because there's so many people who don't, who don't, who don't have that. And that is what just absolutely fucking crushes me. Absolutely fucking crushes me that that is our reality. And um, like I said, we've known this, you know, but it's, it's like when you, when you stare at it every single day, it's like in your face every day. Um, it just makes me, I know a lot of people are like saying how we should be like lighter and funnier and like, I'm just like, no, I'm, I'm angrier than ever. Okay. <laughs> I'm totally okay with that. I'm a hundred percent okay with being super fucking angry about what's happening in, in the world. And as like, you know, per the usual, that anger is very motivating for me and it like helps me create and like problem solve and move forward but I'm I'm like certainly not sitting back for this one at all well no and I like that well I think the anger is part of the fuel that like you you said will be able to move you forward if I mean I want coalition to survive out of this I want it to morph into whatever this 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 is how would you say it's like the phoenix right rising from the ashes and mm -hmm. I think what you spoke to of like people that don't have that whether it's and I don't think it comes down to a resilience or a grit or an innate thing I think it comes down no. to more of the historical context that you were speaking to those are people that a month ago might have you know you're just hanging on anyway and now yeah. you're the maybe the first one 
that's going to move into situational poverty, right? And then that's going to, mm-hmm. or you, you, you've worked to climb out of generational poverty and it's moving you into that. And then it's really easy for society. And this is what I hope doesn't come back uh, a full force, right? Is this like this, this judgment and this piece around like people just like rationalizing that individualistic behavior, doing what they want just for their own. I love how you nailed it on the healthcare piece. It's like, this is helping us see why it matters that if my neighbors are sick, that they get good care because that's ultimately going to affect my health. Right. And then like the health of the planet and the health of community, it's like all resurfacing of this interconnectedness. And I think for some people that's hopefully bringing maybe this, a perspective shift or that paradigm shift. And I, I, I fear, and I'm noticing this in my own little town, there is also a little bit of a, you know, protect me and my own only. And sort of like this, and this does, this is kind of what gets me, it's like my daily refresh button of just people disregarding, um, you know, a social and community responsibility to others. And we talked about this. I think you and I were on a chat. We got to touch base. Just kind of this idea of true colors being shown. And people just behaving in a way that is kind of a turnoff. And you're like, fuck, you're the type of people that fall in under that. Like you say one thing, right? But your actions are really clearly showing me through this, um, where really where your values lie, right? And what, and what matters. Yeah. I mean, we really should have recorded that phone conversation we had on Friday, but I was riding my bike, uh, road bike through my own neighborhood. Um, and you were going for a run (laughs) in your neighborhood. So we couldn't record it, but yeah, we, we talked about how, um, you know, because you're, you live in, in Tahoe and I'm in Reno and Lauren's in Truckee of, um, all the people who were, uh, violating the shelter in place order that governor Newsom in California has at, you know, asked people to stay at home and they're coming to their second homes, um, or their Airbnbs in Tahoe, even though Tahoe and Truckee have said, please don't come here because we don't have enough beds for you. And people are just, um, I was telling you how I'm part of this Facebook group, the San Francisco Backcountry Skiers Facebook group, and there were actually people writing things like, it's because we bought our homes, why you even have a hospital in, in Truckee. Those people should be so grateful for our, our money. And it was so disgusting. And I, of course, said something in my gender way of saying things, which is like, I will shame, I'm going to shame you right now. And if you could just see the look I'm giving you, um, I can, I can, you know, it. Oh, it's like, I was like, you gotta be fucking kidding me right now that you're going to demonize full-time residents because they would like to have a hospital bed there for themselves if they need it. So there's like, not only that, but then there's also all the people who are like, I must backcountry ski. I need to back, go fuck yourself. You know what? Let's talk about what people really need. And we like at coalition, I wrote a lot about this. Probably people like have now seen the Instagram posts and received the, the, the emails, but like you can not backcountry ski for two years of two months of the year and be just fucking fine. You really can like, mm-hmm. you can just go for a walk outside. Like you absolutely, I, I fundamentally believe that people do need nature and the outdoors and that that's a human right to have access to those um, spaces. But like, I don't know, like there's plenty of times when it doesn't snow and nobody gets to backcountry ski or ski at all. And we just like deal with it. But here we are in this like global pandemic where people are dying and people are like, no, I need it. And they 
they fall back on the mental health thing, which I think is a full on fucking cop out. Well, I think it's also a total fuck you to people who actually meant for, for mental health, there is the like wilderness therapy and art therapy. And as someone who loves to ski and love to be outside, um, I agree with you. I think it is a human right, but there's a big difference between high risk activity Mm -hmm. that's going to put frontline workers, search and rescue and community at risk. And even especially when there have been outlets that have put out really thoughtful statements um, from recreation offices, um, county offices, like pleading, being like, we get it. It's your life. And you're like, okay, so you know what I do? Maybe I do walk in my neighborhood. I watch sunrise. I watch sunset. Like I totally respect that connection, but I also think it's a, it's a big fuck you to people that their mental health is actually on that cusp of true, like grounding and sanity. So I think we, I, I also watch that in society. Again, it's a lot about language and stuff when people, oh, I'm depressed, I'm crazy, I'm this. And I'm like, okay, we have to be careful around that language because that stuff, it can be one, it's a clinical diagnosis. And then there's also some mm-hmm. level of like paralysis and need that can physically impact a person as opposed to something that you really enjoy that brings you to a, to like this better place. That's great. But that is also like recognizing your pl- privilege that that's how you get to engage in your life. Exactly. You, you know what I fucking need? I need to not have to hit refresh <laughs> on a fucking computer for four hours in a row. And it but should have you been a $500,000 business loan. Wouldn't that like make your scene a little oh bit less stressful? I'd fucking hit refresh for two days straight. I that. would too. Um, I mean, at oh first God, I was like, oh, this is like, you know, Ticketmaster, but it's not. It's like next level. No, it's, ne- it's next level. And it's like, I want to tell you, like, feels like fucking shit to fight for I do too, but it feels like shit to fight for crumbs, you know? And like, that's something that I've talked to a lot of other uh, women founders about and, you know, other founders in the, you know, whether it's like for-profit or non-profit, um, like people of color and our LGBTQIA friends and, um, you know, just like how you feel like you're just fighting for crumbs. And that's exactly what this... Uh, what all of this, like from like applying for the, the, all the stimulus package, the paycheck um, protection program, the um, economic disaster loans, um, even this, you know, grant that came out from the chamber of commerce um, feels like you're fighting for crumbs when it's and like the big guys get it. They get theirs. Like someone like literally private bankers are just handing these guys tens of of millions, tens of millions of dollars on a silver platter and the rest of us who are actually like the fucking backbone of communities. And we're the ones that like, we're, we're like the, the cultural and social components of our individual communities. And we create so many jobs and we, we create like so much vibrancy. Um, and we just get to fight for crumbs and the big guys just get fucking bailed out. And I'm telling you, like, I'm Okay. I need to memorize your phone number, Jillian, because when I go out into the street and start burning some shit down, when I get arrested, I need to be able to call you to come bail me out um, because I don't have any phone numbers memorized except for my childhood phone number, which my mom taught me by putting it to a tune. So maybe I need to put your phone number to a tune. Um, Also, in terms of burning shit down, Fuck those guys who are protesting that they should just be able to like go out and do whatever they want to do. Ugh. Like all the protests that happened this weekend. Like I'm a big fan of First Amendment, 
I think you should be able to protest. That's fine. I'm not talking about whether or not you should be able to. Of course you should be able to. Also, you're a dick. I just want to say that. You're an absolute fucking dick. Uh, and like I saw the photos in Denver of like healthcare workers coming out to counter protest and like they were being threatened to be like run over and all the people who were like threatening that they want to, um, like remove their governors. Governors are the only, well, not all of them. There's a few governors that fucking suck right now, but the majority of governors are doing like outstanding work. They're doing the work of our federal government. And also you guys are just dicks and you're not staying six feet away and you're not wearing masks. So shame if you get sick. Natural consequences. Natural fucking consequences. You know? Oh, I know. Just just like picturing it. It was part of it. I almost like couldn't believe it. And then I was like, oh, is this like a joke? Are they like kind of making fun? And then I do think it's like a fucking mockery of protest. It's like when people want to try to defend that like hate speech is free speech. And I'm like, no, you don't get to like further oppress others by being, you know, fucking ignorant asshole. Um, well, and I also, shit, I want to tell you, like, it's not like they're not fucking protesting. It's a fucking political rally. Yeah. They're like, all this shit is like Trump, Trump, Trump. That's a political rally. That's not mm-hmm. protesting. Like, sort yourself. Just, you know what? Say what it is that, that you're doing. Like, you're out there to support Trump and you, you know, like, want him to get reelected and you want to, you know, like, Here's this uh, man, boy, child, devil, who is um, saying that, you know, I'll like, we totally stand behind all the governors. And then he's going to Twitter saying, like, liberate your states. Like, you're a total fucking piece of shit. But those were all political rallies. They weren't protests. Well, they no, and even like, to use the word liberate, like people are liberated from like oppression, internal oppression, outward oppression, come internment on. camps that we put people in. Liberation is not like right. a, a a community and public health necessity to flatten the curve to like not have right. millions of people, millions more infected and, and hundreds of thousands more die. So that, it, it, to me, the whole, okay, what, man, boy, child, like, devil, devil, rat, crawl back under your rock, please. So, so, it literally makes me sick. I was watching the news on Democracy Now! And I was, like, looking at his, um, his press briefing, and he literally looked like he just, like, came out of the tanning bed and was, like, you know, pointing to his own head as, like, the metrics for making good decisions to govern a nation and the free world. And I was just, like, I, it, made, it physically makes me ill. I'm actually getting ill right now. Like, I might disgusting. get I might um, up on my computer. Okay, I'm going to lighten this conversation up for a second. I'm going to lighten up. Um, how many ex-boyfriends do you think is appropriate to message during this time? <laughs> All right. <laughs> I... Or not even ex-boyfriend, but like ex-lover. So I did. I I absolutely. Wait, wait, no, let me. It, oh wait, are you gonna say how many, or should I answer? I I think no, zero. I don't know how many. Oh, I messed it. So, mm. but that's just well, my stuff. Like, depends on like my exes like, so, are my exes. When they reach out to me, I delete oh. their shit. I don't want to hear from fucking any of them. Oh well, see, I have. Well, I guess like I'm thinking about my ex-lovers, which like it never ends bad. It's just probably like just more of a like functionality of like borders and continents and things um, so I did reach out to one of my um 
to ex-lovers from South Africa. Um, he lives in Johannesburg and he's fabulous and uh, just like a really sweet guy. And so we WhatsApped a little bit. Um, like sexy WhatsApp? And that felt really good. No, because we never did that. More just like checking in to say hi. Yeah. Um, but that was like, you know, it's just, I, I don't know. Like, I guess I'm always thinking ahead of keeping some shit in your back pocket. You know what I mean? But, well, I think um, we should because the airports will open. We will travel again. You will yeah. fly again. You'll bumble on Tinder again. Or maybe not. I don't know. I, I don't know if I'm in, I don't know if I'm going to bumble or Tinder. I don't know. Cause I just don't, I don't know. I, I'm going to tell you. So way to get my One mind off coronavirus for the first time in like yeah, fucking hours. You're welcome. Woo! You're fucking welcome. So okay. One of the things that's been really interesting, um, you know, in the personal reflection of all of this is like when there's no pressure to date, I don't feel any pressure to date. Like Ooh, that's there is no dating right now. Like you're not going to go on a date and like, I'm not lonely. Like I've got like great friends and fulfilling work and I enjoy my time by myself. And like, I like even just like being alone, like I'm okay. Like I don't, I mean, I feel crazy today because of four hours of the refresh, but in general, like I'm good, but like, there's just no, because there's no pressure to date. I just feel like I could like pull off the single thing for a lot longer. Although I do like the flirts, which is why I have to message my ex lovers. Um, because I just think that that's kind of fun, but, but obviously messaging your ex lover in Johannesburg will not result in any sort of physical connection in the near future. Um, but yeah, um, I don't know. I, yeah. All right. Well, I'm going to lighten it a little as well and also give <laughs> our listeners a little assignment because the teacher and me Ooh. did something, um, and I think you had actually read about this as well. You and I talked about it. So my students, I teach a college prep elective and they all work on these personal websites, right? And it kind of becomes a collection. Uh, it archives their, uh, highlights examples of their work, their community service. They update their resume. They do this. And so as we were moving into digital learning and I was noticing like every website that I go to has like a COVID-19 section, right? How they're responding to it, resources they're offering, things like that. So I told the kids, I was like, listen, I'm, I'm paying attention to all these little cultural nuances and changes and things you would, you would never see, you know, like the little marquee in our, um, movie theater in Tahoe city has had these really funny things, you know, like the dude abides, be like the dude, or, Hey, you win this time, Netflix, just like little sayings that it was like, this will only fit right in this time and place in this context at a community art house has to shut down, which generally provides us with like great guest speakers and music events and all this cool stuff because of something like this. So I assigned that to my students to add this page to a tab to their website and to collect pop culture and memes and video links. And I've been doing it along with them. And it's something I find is just kind of interesting to be paying attention and kind of documenting and collecting artifacts while we're living through this. Yeah. And I saw on your Instagram, I love the photos you put up. They're super thoughtful and it was just art, like artistic. And so that's a yeah. bit of my assignment to our listeners is to pay attention to the cultural artifacts that are happening around you. Quotes, text, music, poetry, photographs, marquees, conversations, the hashtags, all of that, and find a way yeah. to collect it 
for yourself and in your own consciousness and your own spheres, if you will, of life and influence to have that as a, as a point of reflection to look back on. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree. I had, um, you know, I had read about a week ago and I don't know if it was probably the New York times. Cause that's where I get most of my information about the world. Um, that, and of course, like the horoscopes from, uh, refinery 29, because duh. But um, I had read that they, like, someone was like, you really, like, you should be journaling every single day. You should be documenting this. And I'm not, I don't journal. Like, that's not my jam at all. I'm like a voice note person or photography. Mm -hmm. So I have this um, Lomography wide format instant camera that I've been playing with for like a year that I've been loving. And so yesterday I just took like 45 minutes and went for a walk around Reno and just took photos of primarily things that will never look like didn't look like this a month ago, like bars completely boarded up and, um, you know, messages on the marquee and streets that were empty and, um, parking lots that are empty. And it's just, um, it will be like, I think there's power in remembering your pain, you know, cause it like, I think it helps to remind you that you can get through things. Um, and then I think it's also like helpful lessons on how to be better in the future. So I don't, I don't look at any of it as like reminding you in a negative way of what we all went through as much as like documenting history and remembering it and trying to be better from it is really fucking important. I also did take photos of my computer screen but because of the lighting, you can't see that it says like site unavailable. But I do have. <laughs> I oh, did have to go from way to bring it back full circle to the refresh session <laughs> of the day. Podcast expert. <laughs> Damn, we're professional. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! Well. <clears throat> Oh no, Jillian. We've been now. We've been yapping for like forty-five minutes, so we probably should keep wrap this a juicy this up. bit. We should keep this a juicy bit. But um, I just want to say that you are like one of the most amazing humans I've ever met, and I love you so much. And I'm so happy that we get to record this together, and then just outside of this, just have each other. So thank you for being you. Oh. Right back at you. Thank you for being you. Your angry, difficult, motherfucking <laughs> version of yourself. I love every right. ounce of you. Sorry, not fucking sorry. And um, huh. to all of our listeners, I just want to say, like, you know what? We are going to be better on the other side of this. And mm -hmm. this is really fucking hard. And everyone is struggling. So don't feel bad about feeling bad. Think about how you can give back to other people. There's like incredible joy in like giving back um, and, you know, reach out to us if there's anything that we can do for you. I don't know what that is, uh, but we're here because it's important to know that you have community. And um, I hope that Jillian, the next time you and I record something, we will have something brighter and better to talk about. But if we don't, I'll just fucking send it again. 
I I will completely send it. And I'll, let's put this out there. I think when we can, we get back into the collective when we're allowed to do when that's back. Yeah. We that I yeah. think that we'll just put that out there, kind of dangling yeah. carrot. We need to get back into the Reno Collective yeah. to record for sure, um, for sure. So, all right. Well, yeah, I think it's we're done. Year we're thirty just, over here, so yeah, it's about to get real. Exactly. I need to uh, <laughs> exit the headphones and refill my mug of red wine. Uh, I am out of coffee, but I do have two instant packs Oof. in the cupboard in case I don't make it to the grocery store tonight. But uh, yeah, hey everyone, stay safe. Yes. Uh, stay thank you for practicing your social distancing and your shelter in place orders. That's that is one way that you're chipping in and you're giving back, and that's awesome that you're making that sacrifice. And um, you know, I just also want to encourage people to think about um, other ways that they can give back and and to donate. Um, you know, where however that looks for you. And um, yeah, we will talk with all of you again soon he talks about too many sleep and there's nothing i can do to keep from crying when he calls your name jolene and i can easily understand how you could easily take my man but you don't know what